Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to dig into so many good things. We're going to talk about what it looks like for God to use us and how important it is that we are our healthiest so that God, we can be our best for God. We're going to talk to our guest, and she is a professional singer. She is a health coach. She's about to launch her podcast, and we're going to dig into how she overcame her autoimmune illness and what that journey was like. We're going to talk about being our own health advocates. We're going to talk about what it looks like when we get angry at God. Why would this happen to me? Why isn't he healing me? And then we're going to talk about how we can always be reminded that in whatever is going on in our lives, God can use us and that we will be able to help others because of what we're dealing with. It is such a good, powerful episode. I know there's going to be so much you can get out of this and apply to your own life. And I think it's such an important conversation that I can't wait to share it with you in just a minute. Welcome to Faith Field Woman, a podcast designed for Christian women eager to deepen their faith and shine God's light in every aspect of their lives. Each week, we'll delve into practical strategies, inspiring stories, and biblical wisdom to equip you with the tools you need to navigate life's challenges and grow deeper in your faith. From finding calm in the chaos, forming deep Christian friendships, to everyday ways to connect with God, we'll cover it all. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Let's be encouraged in our everyday lives as we let our faith guide us, fuel us, and fill us with God's incredible peace, wisdom, and joy in our lives. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome our guest, Lisa Roars. She is such an accomplished and amazing woman and a woman of faith, and we are going to talk about several things, but one of the things I can't wait to talk about is how she has leaned in her leaned into her relationship with God, her journey to complete health, um, recovering from an autoimmune disease, and just all the other amazing and beautiful things she's done in her life, from being a professional singer to coaching people and just being a wonderful uh, wife and mom. So I can't wait to talk to her today, and I know you're going to get so much out of this conversation and hopefully have some tips or tactics you can apply to your own life. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Kristen. It's really nice to be here. My goodness, you are seriously, you've done so many great things. I'm excited for what's to come. You know, you're going to share with us later about your upcoming new podcast, you know, and some other projects you have coming up. But can you start off by reversing just a little bit and sharing a little bit about your journey and what life looks like for you now? Sure. Wow. That's a a beautiful open-ended question to start things off with. You know, my journey started probably much like any of our listeners here. I was just kind of floundering trying to find my way, most of all through, you know, I went to college and tried to, to had one of those unstated masters or whatever d- degree. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, but I'll figure that out someday. But I got my degree. I got a job. I started paying off my student loans. I did sales. It was the one thing I always promised I would never do. Yeah. Of course, that's the one thing I ended up going into. And through this whole kind of process of um, growing and learning and trying to make my way in my career, I was, of course, trying to grow in my faith. Faith was, I kind of became a Christian when I was younger, but I, I would say like many of us, we kind of go our own way and then God brings us back. And then we go our own way again and God brings us back over and over again. And I'm so grateful that through all of my um, wanderings that God protected me and always brought me back. He does that. He always brings us back. 
So after many years of sales and whatnot, I started kind of moving into an executive coaching role and I loved it. I loved it so much more than sales. So I started doing much more on the coaching front and really enjoyed that. I always was the person in the room that the strangers migrated to, to tell me their deepest, darkest secrets and ask me advice for how to accomplish what they needed to next. So it seemed like a really comfortable thing for me to just embrace that. So did that and was coaching for, you know, the last seven, eight years or so, maybe more. And then all of a sudden I woke up one morning and I couldn't move. Literally, Kristen, I couldn't move. I thought I just slept wrong. And so the next subsequent uh, many, many days, you know, I tried sleeping on the floor and I tried sleeping on the couch and all the different surfaces to see if I could figure out this kink that was kind of not really working. Well, fast forward over many two, three years. And it it slowly progressed and slowly progressed. And I ended up getting to the point where I could not walk. Mm. Um, all throughout this process, I was seeing doctor after doctor after doctor. I probably, I think I lost count actually at number 33, three, 33 wow. doctors, including um, three days at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And I just, no, they couldn't figure out what it was, but I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. And I knew that I had a really close relationship with the creator of this body that I live in. So I dove into learning about this body and what creates immune diseases and what creates our immune system and how to start slowly healing. And over time and over many different mistakes and experiments and trials and failures and successes, I am so happy to praise God with you all today to say that I'm completely symptomatic, asymptomatic and completely healed at this point. So I'm really excited to share that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And yeah, I can't wait to dive into that more, both from, you know, like, what did that look like, that healing journey, you know, and how Mm -hmm. can the rest of us kind of learn from your journey, you know, and apply that to our own health. And then also, like you said, just uh, how did your relationship with God change? How did you, you know, tap into just the power of healing, right? That we're promised Mm -hmm. and just navigating that, you know, as a you were already, you know, a business person, you're, you're a singer, you know, you're busy with your family. So how did you even navigate that journey in those roles? So I can't wait to dive into all those things and just encourage people in this way and just share your journey because I know it'll really uh, encourage a lot of people, you know, in their own lives, whether they're dealing with a chronic illness, autoimmune disease, or just something else that might, you know, just give them um, hope as well. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. What, how did you, first of all, prior to that, you went to all these doctors and I think many of us can relate to having something wrong and we don't quite know what it is. We just know we have symptoms or something's mm-hmm. not right. Mm-hmm. But the doctors can't seem to pinpoint it either. And it's real frustrating, but what was the, how did you first go from maybe seeing doctors thinking that they would be able to give you a solution and like, where was the shift? Like what happened where you re- started realizing like you had to take a more active role? Great question. I'll tell you early on, I I immediately, when I started seeing just your typical Western medicine doctor, I wanted to rule out the things that were potentially the big things, right? Mm -hmm. So I, so we we did the complete blood panel and discovered, you know, what kinds of things were taking place. And, and my doctor was like, you definitely have something wrong. We have no idea what it is. I mean, literally that was the answer I got over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I tried functional medicine doctors, which for any of, for you and any of our listeners here, if you all know, functional medicine doctors are not covered under insurance and they are 
not cheap. Yeah. So spent a lot of money, a lot of money. I felt a lot like the um, the gal in the Bible who had the bleeding, who was constantly bleeding and had spent all of her money on doctors, right? The scripture talks about that. She'd spent all of her money on the doctors and they still were not able to help. I very much related with that. So when I was sitting in a chiropractic doctor and I was telling him the types of supplements that were actually helping me, I thought, okay, Lise, you reached the end. It's time now to just take this offline. Stop relying on the doctors and start diving into the internet and where you know you can find out. You know that nothing major is wrong. You know that there's no tumor growing. There's no you know pressure on your spinal cord or anything like that that you need to have an acute help with. So let's just dive into this. And you know, doctors in this in this Western medicine world, I I I feel sorry for them in a way. They're only given literally six hours of training on nutrition. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They are trained to match ailment with a medicine and to diagnose a disease because literally you cannot treat with a medicine unless it's diagnosed by a disease, which is why obesity became a disease literally by definition, because you can't treat an ailment unless you have a disease diagnosis. So I don't fault them. And I don't fault the functional medicine doctors because, you know, all of them, they can all go, they have to cover the whole gamut of health. But yeah. so how deep can they go? But nobody knows ourselves as well as we do. Right. So I can dive into me and my history better than anyone can. And that's where I was like, okay, I have to just, I got to just be an advocate and figure out my history, what what kinds of things that I was exposed to, my diet, let's be real. I've had lots of yo and yo-yo dieting, up, down, 30 pounds here or there. I got to figure out the things that maybe my body is now finally reacting to. Yeah. And I love that you talk about this. And uh, I've, I've talked with some other guests on the show about this as well, is that, uh, you know, a lot of people, whether young or old, but especially I find the older someone is, they were brought up to think, oh, you just tell your doctor, you respect your doctor, you listen to what they they advise you. <clears throat> but we've really come out of a place where there's so much more um, chronic illness and autoimmune diseases in, in the population now that those, you know, they don't know why people, right. I mean, when I say that, I mean, if you ask the doctors, the definition literally of autoimmune is it's an unknown cause, right? And so what we have to start realizing is, yes, you want to use a doctor when you're or possibly use them. I mean, if you need surgery, right? There's, like yeah. you said, I'm, I, my appendix is, appendix is yeah. about to burst. They are amazing at that kind of surgery and care. But yes. for healing our our health, when, like you said, it wasn't something where it was critical that you needed a surgery or something like that. For emergencies, yeah. we have amazing healthcare. Right. But when it's our bodies and there's something in it that's not working properly, you know, they mm-hmm. say disease is just dis-ease, right? It's the- right lack of ease in our bodies. And that's what you're experiencing. And so I think for anybody listening, that's thinking like, well, I just, I just go and do what they recommend. I would just encourage you that all of us need a health advocate for ourselves. Or if you have people in your, your family that aren't going to be able to be their own health advocate, someone else in your family or close needs to be an advocate for them. Right. You know, like for my dad, he has Parkinson's and he can still communicate and all that. But, you know, he's getting older. And so along with his wife, uh, my stepmom, my sister and I help navigate their health process and what they're trying and what they're taking, because, you know, he just can't do that kind of research right now. He can't do that Mm -hmm. kind of um, 
information gathering. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, but I think it is our only body, you know, and I love the quote, I'm not going to quote the whole thing right now, but it's about if health is absent, nothing else matters. Wealth, you know, all these things don't matter if we don't have our health. And so so I think it is, that's probably the biggest thing we need to be an advocate for is our health, you know, because we can't enjoy the fruits of all our effort and labor otherwise, or, you know what I'm saying? Not as much as we could. Yeah. Well, in a, you know, as a faith-filled woman, woman, we can't be fully as used. Yes. I mean, God can do whatever God will do. Absolutely. Right. And I don't limit that at all. But with that said, he can, I could be so much more effective yes. if in, in however he wants to use me, if I'm healthy and energetic and feel confident and ready to go out there and, and be the voice that he needs yes. me to be, or be the the presence that God needs me to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you mentioned that because I've talked about that too. It's, it's healing us or ourselves physically, if we're able, depending on what's wrong, but it's also mentally healing ourselves. It's healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we have um, a mindset that's yeah. not serving us showing up, like you said, being able to go into a room and, and be who God's calling us to. So it's, it's healing or doing the work in any or all the areas, you know, really. Right. right. And I, you know, it really is a personal responsibility. Yeah. Somebody is like, well, you know, it's just me. And um, so what? I'm 50 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds overweight. That's just me. No, it's really not just you. Yeah. There are so many people who love you and so many people in your life. And and our weight is is one indicator. I truly believe to the core of my being that my weight was an external sign of an internal problem. Yeah. And I know that we've kind of come into this place with society that you know, we just accept everybody for who they are. And, you know, and I understand that, but we really do have to take personal responsibility for being our healthier, healthiest person, because there are people that we love and people that are waiting to hear our inspiration and our help that if we're not out there, because there was, there was a time I was um, not that long ago, um, 80 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to go anywhere. I couldn't move easily. I couldn't wear anything that was comfortable. That was, you know, aside from the sweats, big sweatshirt. So it's like, I I am so much more effective now because I'm healthier, stronger. I can move better. I can, um, I can, I have enough energy to sustain myself, which gives me the energy that I need to reach out to someone else who needs a, a helping hand. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, it obviously it's not only about weight, but it, it does like this summer, you know, I had mentioned to you, I had a, a golf cart accident and I mm-hmm. injured my head, a head trauma. And, you know, but that was a big wake up call that, uh, yes, I need to heal my brain, but it was also like a, uh, what do I need to look at with my health numbers? This is a perfect opportunity because I need to do everything possible to give my brain everything it needed to heal. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is a good time to make any health assessments, you know, what did I need to improve? You know, and one of them was I needed to lose a little bit of weight as well. You know, I'd still like to lose a couple more pounds, but the point was that wasn't the big, big thing, but it was, it was part of it, which was, am I ignoring this? Right. You know, am I brushing under the rug things that I could have done a better job with in Mm -hmm. some health areas? Right. 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 You know, I was, I was walking and I used to jog, but I haven't been jogging. But like, I wasn't walking as much as I should have been every day. I wasn't, you know, in other words, there's, I was eating okay sometimes, but then not other times, you know, it, it was just the choices, you know, and it's like, okay, I did an okay job, but this isn't really 
that I needed to be at a better level than that. And so it gave me an opportunity to revisit that, you know, but to realize I'm accountable and I knew that, but it's like, I'm accountable. And now is a time to take a break and start making some changes, you know, small steps, but we are in charge of our own health for sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's so personal, right, Kristen, you know, it's what works for you is going to be probably, probably the bigger pieces are going to be consistent across the human race, but, but what specific things that you have reactions to that I might not or vice versa. So it really does take some trial and error to learn about your own person and what kinds of things work really well and what kinds of things give you energy and what kinds of things take it away, what things are kind of trigger an allergic reaction or maybe not even allergic reaction, but like of a trigger to overeat. That was one of mine. There were certain foods from my childhood, most often, whereas like when I had that one, I couldn't stop. I just kept on going. I totally get that because whether that's from a, you're tying it back to, you know, childhood, obviously that happens. So it's an emotional trigger, but other times it's actually just the food trigger. When I cut out gluten a month and a half ago, my family has a lot of, we have celiacs, we have, I have Mm. gluten sensitivity, when I cut that out, don't get me wrong. I love a good piece of pizza. I mean, I do. <laughs> but or a good piece of bread. But when I cut it out, I realized that it it literally gave me the freedom to make better choices. Because if I went out, I'm going to be honest. If I was like, oh, that that specialty fire oven mm-hmm. pizza looks so much better than the kale salad, I'd probably pick the pizza because it looked delicious and it's amazing. Yep. But now I'm like, oh, I can't have that. I mean, I can have it if I'm at home and I make a gluten free crust or. But like now I have to make, not to say I can't eat bad food that's not gluten, but the point is I have to think about it now. And then there are times where it makes me choose something better or choose Mm -hmm. the carby thing less times because gluten for me was one of those things like sugar where I would just want it more, you know, it just was, that's how it was for my body. And so, um, and sometimes that that's because it's indicative of a a sensitivity, you know, or an issue, but I absolutely know what you're saying is. We have to slow down and pay attention, which is one of the things you started doing more of. So can you share with us, what were some of those early things you did on your own to start changing your health? So for instance, was it that you started writing down what you were doing, what you were eating? Was it, how did you even, because some people, I love researching things, especially health, but a lot of people feel overwhelmed. Like there's a million sites. Where do I go? What do I look at? It's kind of hard to understand some of the language. So how would you put it in a simplified term for people? If they're like, I, I know I need to do like be better at this stuff, but I don't really know how to do it. Great. Great question. So first of all, I would recommend starting with your own health journey. So I started with that and I, I took, I just took a, I like to type things out. Um, I, I also like to journal, but I, I journal more like the emotions, but when I'm just trying to get things done, I like to type it out. So I just took a word document whatever you, wherever you like to type. And I just started at the earliest memory I could remember. And I just went decade by decade. Okay. What kinds of things do I remember about that decade? Oh yeah. I had, I had chicken pox that eaten that decade. Um, I had, you know, so I just kind of the little things, but what kind of my health history had been, mm-hmm. I started just going by decades. Cause that's kind of easier. I can kind of think about or school. Okay. I remember elementary school. What kinds of things do I remember about that? And usually the bigger things we remember, you know, I remember having the the chicken pox, for example, you know, and back then they always isolated you because you were not wanting to share it with other people. Anyway, so I started with that to kind of see, okay, what were all the contributors? Because our bodies are linear. I mean, the things that we did, the things that we do today 
may not affect us this afternoon, but they right. might affect us two years from now. Yeah. Because that's just how our bodies are. It's a con it's that's why consistency is so important because having a having a bad pizza today, like to your example, isn't the worst thing. But if you have pizza every day, then you're moving more toward what I like to say. You're either moving toward death, disease, and destruction. Yeah. Or you're moving toward health, healing, and happiness. There's mm. either one or the other yeah. with every meal. And the goal is to have more of your meals either neutral or up, leveling up versus always going down toward death and disease and destruction. So um, after having that kind of journal and understanding a little bit where I had been, um, I I did, I did start with the, I don't know where to start. I just researched immune diseases and what creates our immune system. And there are a couple of great sites that I would recommend people go to. Um, one is the Food Network Revolution. It's with Ocean Robbins, fantastic resources of data. There's so much data that he puts out there that I think is really easy to absorb and to, yeah. to digest. That's one. Um, uh, Chris Beat Cancer is another yeah. great website that he has a everything from A to Z about. Now it's focused on cancer, but remember cancer is also kind of immune related. Right. And cell related. So all of all of these things that I decided, okay, if I can, if I can plan to beat cancer, even though I don't have a, the diagnosis of cancer, whatever's good for that is going to be good for my immune system. Yes. So I I took a very holistic approach to say um it's all encompassing. Yeah. And and that was one of the things I think is really important to mention to your listeners too is health is not take this one pill for your headache. Health is so all-encompassing. I mean, we were just talking about weight, but if you fix your weight and lose all the weight that you want to lose, and you don't understand the triggers that got you there or the reasons that you're feeling like you have to have a little extra weight because otherwise people might not like you or they might like you too much. I know I know many people that I've coached have abuse in their background. And so whether they realize it or not, getting too good looking puts them at risk of getting abused again. Or at least that's their underlying thinking. So if right. I'm fat and ugly, no one's going to abuse me. So, I mean, there's like some of that psychology in there. So we have to understand the whole picture of our health, the relationships that need help, the, the who needs to be forgiven and let and yes. let those go, which kinds of things need to just be let go. So the mental things, the emotional things, the yes, the food things, yes, the movement, I will not use the word exercise. Yeah. Not a person for exercise. I used to get so angry. It's like, why exercise today? And then I just got to do it again tomorrow. But then right. I had a mind shift mm -hmm. and it's like the swamp pond yeah. versus the river. Yeah. When we are moving, all of our blood is moving and getting reoxygenated and it's getting moved through our whole body and every limb and finger and toe is getting fresh blood. Yeah. When we sit still, like I am in my chair right here, everything starts to settle. And it's almost like the pond where all the algae grows and the turtles yeah. hop up on the logs, you know, that's not what I want my, my system, my ecosystem in my body to be right. like, I want it to be like a river that's always moving and has that freshness to it. So for those of you who don't like exercise, I can completely relate. Let's just choose to move a little. And if that's in the middle of the winter here in Minnesota, you know, sometimes at a 20 below degree day, I'm not going outside, but I just go up and down my stairs a couple of times. And that's all the movement I might need for that, you know, half day. So Absolutely. anyway, 
Yeah. Very holistic. So look, um, if you research, um, you may have specific things that you know of about your system. Like you have some things in your, in your family, Kristen, about yeah. celiac and whatnot. So start there and start learning right. about, well, what is celiac and why do we have those issues and what kinds of things react to your body? It's hard for me to maybe give a prescription for what kind of research to do because it will start with each, each individual's, um, you know, jumping off point. So if you have a tendency for diabetes, start looking into diabetes. If you have a tendency in your family with a lot of cancer, great, dive into that. By the way, cancer is not a death diagnosis. That's right. So many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are curing themselves of cancer by just eating well and and feeding their body, uh, nourishing their body with what they need to, to heal. And if you can cut your finger and the external part of your skin is healing, that's your indicator that the inside of your body can still heal and will if you give it the right tools it needs to do it. Yeah, and uh, first of all, I love I love uh, Chris Beats Cancer. He's, he's great. And like you said, it's really, he's, t- he's helping people both through his own knowledge and then having all his guests talk about how can we live a healthy lifestyle? How can we eat well? So yeah. it's all just talking about things that all of us can benefit from doing and learning what they're telling us. Like you said, whether it's eating this, you know, vegetable or this smoothie or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, it's really good information regardless of your health status. Uh, you know, whether it's that you have someone, you know, that has a cancer diagnosis or not. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I'd say is, you know, you sort of alluded to this with the movement and you mentioned uh, forgiveness, but our health is not just our physicality, right? It's right. our mind. What's in our mind? What thoughts do we have? It's our sleep habits, right? Sleep hygiene. So mm-hmm. it's all the things that, in other words, if we don't get sleep, they've shown the less sleep you get over time, you know, you will not live as long. Like it takes mm-hmm. years off you. But also I think uh, that's when our body's healing itself, right? That's when it's doing repair, it's detoxing. It's at night when we're sleeping. Exactly. And so all of these things are interconnected. So mm-hmm. often when we have a health, you know, something's going on with our health. It's not just right. We like, to your point, we have to look holistically at it. It's all the things, you know, you have to take inventory, right? If you will, exactly. you know, are you sleeping well, or are you not getting enough sleep? Are you super stressed and you can't seem to deal with it? Right. Cause that's a big health, you know, can cause a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Are you not moving? Are mm-hmm. you eating fast food every day? Right. Like, so it's all these things. Are you getting out in nature? I right. saw one stat that said, you know, we were meant to be outside 85% of our lifetimes. But mm-hmm. most people are outside 2%. Exactly. And so we're spending too much time sedentary, most of us sitting at a desk, yeah. but then we're not outside breathing in fresh air. We're not moving in nature. We're not you know, doing all these things. And all those things are things that we have the power to change, to control. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? So true. Yeah. Yeah. The mind-body connection is so real. As a matter of fact, you know, sugar is one of the huge, biggest contributors to depression. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and we, we often, we often don't think about food, food as fuel, but it is right. fuel for the whole system. And if you're overloaded with sugar and carbs and you're feeling run down, lack of energy and or depressed, I want to give all your listeners just a simple challenge. Go three days, three tiny days. It's not even the majority part of a week. Give yourself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with no sugar, no bread. And ask yourself how you feel on the fourth day. If you're feeling better, trust that is, trust that, trust that. Okay. I, I don't, not that I never will have sugar again. I mean, does that mean I can never have birthday cake? No, it just means 
you know, start Limit. being mindful of how much you're having and then know that that's going to be, if you have a day that has a bunch of sugar and the next day you're feeling kind of low, oh, hey, there's a relationship there. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. One thing I know that you're, uh, you will be having coming out at some point has to do with fasting. And mm-hmm. so obviously there's bi- biblical references for that as well as health benefits for that. So mm-hmm. what might you share with us about fasting? And is that something that you uh, implemented in your own health journey? Yes, actually, that was the thing that I used to get myself to a space of healthier living and healing for sure. Mm-hmm. And and it, it kind of started with that research we were talking about before where I was learning about what the body needs. Um, I maybe like some of our listeners here, I'm not a big fan of vegetables. I mean, I grew up with canned vegetables and they were pretty soggy and horrible. (laughs) So I never really understood how to make good vegetables, vegetables that tasted really yummy and actually were an an enticing thing. So I took uh, a lead from some, some of the research that I saw and I juiced for a long time. I did a juice fast. Actually, I'm currently on a juice fast. And if you guys think I'm looking like I'm I'm holding my own, I'm on day 58 of a juice fast. Wow. And it's so it's very your body is meant to have a break. Absolutely. If you think about our our um ancient the ancient people who came before us, they did not have three meals a day. They did not have a fast food restaurant on every corner. They did not have all the refi- refined foods that we're eating these days. They would often go a day or two or more without eating. And that's okay. Our bodies are meant for that. In fact, just like you were saying, when we sleep, we do kind of this cleansing. In fact, specifically in the brain, speaking of brain health, your body does a huge cleaning out the dishes, if you will, taking out the trash in your brain when you sleep. Well, your body does something very similar when you're fasting. It's a process called autophagy. Um, auto, A-U-T-O, phagy, P-H-A-G-Y. And what that process is, and it typically you have to do about three days of fasting. The fourth day, you'll start this beautiful thing that God created called autophagy. And what your body does at the cellular level is it goes out and it says, okay, I'm not getting enough food. So I'm going to go out into my own body and find all the cells that are broken, break them down for parts and use that for energy. And then take out the trash so all those halfway broken parts can be out of my system and I can run more efficiently. And so all of those rogue cells, even the cancerous cells, the precancerous cells, all of those get broken down, used for parts, and they get taken out. The trash gets taken out. And you don't ever get that if you don't give your body a pause. So you can fast by intermittent fasting where you just skip your meal during the breakfast, lunch, and maybe have just your dinner meal, that's called intermittent fasting. You can do just a water fast where you don't eat or uh, eat or drink anything except for water for three days or something, three, four days. Some people do it up to a week. Or you can do something like I did for my healing called juice fasting. And it's not juice you buy at the grocery store. I have a juicer. I buy all the vegetables and a few fruits, put them all into my juicer. And it, what it does is it removes the insoluble fiber, but retains the soluble fiber. So I, you are getting fiber in that case. And what you're doing is then you're hyper nourishing your body because you're taking away all the things your body can't digest anyway, because it's insoluble fiber. And you're allowing your body all of the minerals and nutrients from those fruits and vegetables that the sunshine poured into it, all that chlorophyll, all that yummy stuff that your body needs. 
Now I can't eat two pounds of vegetables a day. Like think about a leaf, right? Two pounds is what I was eating when I was healing. Two pounds a day of leaves. And, but, but if I juiced them or when I blended them, I did a little bit of blending too. I could eat all the nourishing foods I needed to, to reverse the years that I was not eating so well. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and here's the thing, if somebody's like, oh, I just don't think I could do that. Like you said, start small, start with just, you know, going two more hours in the morning of not eating or three hours or adding juice into your, or your, your already your menu or your schedule, right? So in other words, it's it's baby steps, you know, nobody's saying I've never done a juice before and you should go hardcore, like what you, how long you're going right now. You know, it's all just getting introduced to these healthier, you know, habits that can help our body heal. And so that's really it. And I think part of it comes down to being open to learn and be curious. Yes. Yes. And absolutely not. I would say for nobody, nobody jump right into a 60 day juice fast. Do not do that. Give yourself (laughs) your body uh, needs to learn just like our brains need to learn. So you don't, you don't dive right into college without elementary school, junior high, all of those. You have all of those learnings before you jumped into college. Same thing with juicing or fasting. You want to do maybe just a day, let your body get used to what it's like to not have food for a day or a, or a part of a day, like you said, Kristen. Um, so slowly work your way up to that. And how long will you have to do it? That was always my question. How long will I have to do this juicing thing before I'll start seeing healing? Um, great question. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some bad news. Give yourself six months. Yes, six months because our bodies heal slowly and the amount of horribleness you feel is going to be directly proportional to how much horribleness you've been eating or how much you've been treating your body poorly. So give yourself six months. Um, to move toward change. It doesn't have to be like an absolute, like you'll never have pizza again, or you'll never have sugar again, but let yourself have a slow aim toward that 80-20 where instead of 80% of your plate being the carbs and the, you know, the leaf on the side, which used to be in my case was just the only leaves on my plate were the garnish that made the plate look pretty. Now I'm aiming toward 80% of my plate is is the plant-based and the 20% is the other. Yeah. So good. So let me ask you this, what let's tie this now to uh, your faith and you know, what was the role of faith in your, your health journey? You know, like how did that help you or sustain you or, you know, what was that? What did that look like? Did it change? Has your faith changed over this journey of getting sick, you know, and then where you're at now in complete health? Yes. Um, My faith took some serious roller coaster moves. Um, lots of twists and turns and ups and downs and drops and recoveries. Um, we talked about the autoimmune disease I had related to that. Um, again, something related to autoimmune, I had leg ulcers and hand ulcers. Now, I don't know if anyone knows what those are, but that's basically where, and I'm pretty sure you probably can't see it here in the, in the camera, but my entire hand opened up. I didn't have any injury. Nothing else happened. My body just decided this was the particular area it was going to attack. And it was completely open, the most painful, excruciating thing I've ever experienced Mm. in my life, even worse than childbirth, because I knew when childbirth was going to end. (laughs) And I knew that the beauty of that was I was going to have this beautiful child when I was done. I had no idea when this hand was going to heal or how long it was going to be that painful. During that time, Kristen, I have to just admit, I was really angry at God. 
you know, how can, you know, it says in the Bible that if you who are sinners can give good gifts to your children, how much more so will the Lord give good gifts to those who love him? So I kept on looking at that phrase or looking at that verse and and wondering, how could you let this happen? How could you, if I was, if my son was in this much pain and I had the ability to just remove it, I would. Why are you not just removing it? He did remove it eventually. Obviously, I'm healed now and I am much, much stronger for it. But it was a really hard road. You know, I was on a huge amount of dexamethasone, a steroid, a super strong steroid, five times stronger than prednisone. And I was, I had just ballooned up. I had gained 50 pounds. I had this horrible pain in my hand. I felt horrible about myself. And I had no idea when it was going to end. So yeah, my faith was really under attack. But I, these are my lifesaver. I created these, um, just, these are just card stocks at every single verse I could find in the Bible about healing. Mm -hmm. And I claimed these. I was like, okay, Lord, you tell us to trust your word. I'm going to. And after Mark 5, here is the one that I was talking about earlier. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. And yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. You know, I would just read these over and over about how if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. I kept on just focusing on the fact that I didn't know why God was bringing me through this or allowing it. He was allowing it. He could have just removed it immediately. But I'll tell you, looking back now, that hard t- hard time that I went through, that hardship has become so many other people's hope. So from turning the hardship into a hope, and that's what God does. He takes the things that would have otherwise been meant for evil and uses them for good. And, and he knew that he made me strong enough to endure it. And now I can use how God pulled me through that to help other people. And that's really the only way I can remedy why I was put in those situations is because God needs me to share this with someone else who needs that hope and encouragement and maybe somebody who doesn't yet know the Lord and needs to know that there is a God big enough out there to handle the hardest things that we have to deal with. Mm, So good. And I absolutely think you're right is that, you know, as it said, like we will be, I mean, what we've walked through, we will, it will be used, right? Yeah. For our good, for his good. And so And it's so true. I mean, excuse me, how many times have you talked to somebody and then that's happened in their own lives, whatever it was that they walked through later, Mm -hmm. there was some gift in it, you know? And I don't mean that because if if it's a tragedy, it's a gift in that thing, but the connection, the way you were able to help someone in their faith, some other thing came out of it, you know? Right. Right. um, So that's so beautiful. And I love that you shared that. So what, how else would you just want to, is there anything, um, words of encouragement you just want to share with the audience? just in general about their lives and maybe what they're walking through as we, we know what the world looks like right now. We know what the state of health is in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Well, there's one thing I want to touch on maybe before I do that, even <clears throat> you talked about tragedy and I know there's probably some folks that are listening that have really experienced some really deep tragedy. And I, and I just want to say that, um, I mean, I, we don't have time here today to go into all of my story, but I, there's a lot more in my story about, about tragedy. And I want to say that every time something like that hits me, or every time I hear about someone else who lost a child or lost everything, um, it's just a reminder to me that there is heaven. 
that there is a heaven because if this world with all the pain that we have to deal with, if this is all there is, well, that, that just, that, that doesn't, I just can't wrap my head around that. So whenever I see things that just seem like so wrong, it's a reminder to me that this is not our home. This yeah. is not where we belong. This is a temporary stopping point until we get to where we really belong. And that, I guess, is the encouragement that no matter what you're going through today, first of all, it's temporary. It is absolutely temporary. Lean into God because I tell you, he is helping you grow through it. Even I understand pain and I understand tragedy and I understand loss. When you get through it, not if, you will be stronger. You will be better. You will, things will be okay. And then you will have the opportunity to come alongside of another faith-filled woman who really needs that help, that helping hand. And you can be that hope and those hands and feet of Jesus that that person needs because they haven't yet made it through that storm. Absolutely. That's so well. So I think that would be my encouragement for whatever you're dealing with, um, find a way to use it to help somebody else. Because that's that's what we're here for is to try to reach out and help other people. Absolutely, you know, and that reminds me, you know, there's that uh, I forget, but it's like take what you need, you know, and it has all the different things at the bottom. But it's it's that thing that um, what you just said. It's it's if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling lonely, maybe you've had a loss, what whatever the thing. It, you know, often it's uh, so many other people are needing that same thing. So it's like if we're willing to step out, even in our um, our own struggles in those ways are what we need. When we actually reach a hand out to someone else, we get back so much more in the doing. And then we yeah. get that connection, the friendship, the uh, kindness back, you know, all these things. And it's like, it's it's because it does come down to relationship, you yeah. know, relationship with God, but it also comes down to relationship with others and that we're willing to be in community, I think. Right. Well, and you know, been on, I've been on that side where I was so depressed that I didn't really want to get out of bed all day. Sure. So I understand that there's people out there who, fine, you know, I'll use this tragedy to help someone else. Right now, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. You know, and that's really understandable. First of all, let give yourself some grace and understand that you're not depressed if you have a really good reason to be sad. You know, we have a tendency to use that term. Depressed right. is something like you're sad for no reason. So if you're feeling down and sad and you have a reason to be, give yourself the love and the grace that you need to move through that and to heal mentally, emotionally through that. Reach out to somebody else, another friend. But I'll tell you what, action always precedes the feeling. You're not going to feel like reaching out. You have to force yourself to reach out. You're not going to feel like getting up and moving. But I'll tell you what, you will feel so much better when you do. So remember, action precedes the feeling a hundred percent of the time. You don't feel like reading your Bible, fine, open it up anyway. Read his word. You don't feel like going to church? Okay. Don't don't feel like going. Go anyway. You will feel better when you do take the action. Mm-hmm. And it's same for our, our bodies, you know, when we move, we feel better. When we eat better, we don't feel like eating better, but when we eat better, we feel better. So it's action that takes the that needs the that is the precursor to feeling better. Oh, so good. So well said. I love it. Uh, So just uh, any last things you want to share before we wrap up and find out how people can connect with you and learn more about everything that you're doing? No, I guess I just want to thank you for the opportunity and um, just encourage all of your listeners to just stay listening to Kristen and other people like her because it's this is part of the action. 
You know, um, one of my favorite verses is Philippians 4, 8, where God tells us to focus on the good, focus on whatever's lovely and true and praiseworthy and admirable. And it's so easy these days to get pulled into the news and pulled into the negative stories. And God knows that we are the kinds of human beings that need positive input. So start every day with some positive spin up one of Kristen's uh, podcasts and listen to some encouragement from her and the people she has on here. And just don't let yourself focus too much on the negative. Absolutely. I love it. So Lisa, share with us, how can people connect with you online, learn more about your CDs and your upcoming podcasting courses and all that? Oh, goodness. We didn't even get to that. I sing with an amazing gospel quartet called Sweetwater Revival. You can find them on sweetwaterrevival.com. I also have a single, single solo CD out, but we'll, we'll stay focused on the Sweetwater stuff for the music side. And um, I have a website, Lisa Roars. It sounds like a lion roars, but it's spelled R-O-E-R-S. So lisaroars.com. You can find me there. Um, my podcast is launching at the end of 2023. Um, so you'll be able to find that there. Um, uh, out on site, it's called Sunshine Cafe. And that'll be out wherever you like to listen to your podcasts about encouragement for um, for Christian living and for how to get through those tough storms that we're all dealing with. And I've got a digital course coming up too. If you've been ever curious about how to fast and what fasting is, and if it's even something you could do or need someone to come alongside you, I'll be launching the digital fast, or the divine fast digital course here in the first part of January. So oh, lisawars.com. Wonderful. Lisa, I love it. I love what you're doing and how you're helping people and how you're so willing to share your, you know, what you've walked through in your stories to help other women in their faith and just in their lives. So thank you for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge and and your information. Thanks, Kristen. I appreciate being here. And as we wrap up today's episode, I just want to share a quick quote with you from Lisa Whittle in her book, Jesus Over Everything. She says, We beg God for help in the midst of a life with a mixed up order of priorities and wonder why things aren't working. Yet when we put him over all the things on our list, mirrored complications fall away. If you've ever done this, even in one decision, you know it's true. If you haven't yet, I hope you'll try it. We aren't pain-free, struggle-free, problem-free, but we have fewer complications, which is what is at the core of much of our daily angst. And I just think that's so beautiful. Once again, as Lisa shared in part of her story in our episode, yes, she found herself when she couldn't figure out how to heal, how to get her body better. She was angry and she questioned, God, you know, why are you allowing me to still be in pain? Why are you allowing me to not be healed? You know, but through her journey to find healing, she learned that God was still the most important thing and that she still needed to set her sight on him and his promises You know, she talked about printing the scripture and that she kept, you know, praying over and just reading those um, promises in the Bible, the scripture. And so I just want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through in your life, whether it feels really complicated or it's really hard or painful right now, just keep setting your sights on God. Keep setting your sights on his promises and his promise to heal and keep remembering that there is hope both in the journey and there's hope beyond what you're experiencing right now. So until next time, I hope you have a beautiful and blessed day. Thanks again for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you could take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast because it helps our show get discovered by more people. And if you'd like to be encouraged in your faith and in your life, go on to kristenfitch.com 
and sign up to get my newsletter. I have lots of freebies and lots of inspiration and encouragement that'll be coming your way. And I would love it if you joined part of our community. 